Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Be The Right Club Today podcast. It is Masters Week, and supposedly Mr. Tiger Woods is going to be playing. It's Wednesday today, and uh, as of about 2 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon, Tiger Woods has said he is going to be playing this week. Hal, your thoughts? Well, I'm, uh, I'm happy. I'm surprised. I... Uh... Uh, you know, I love watching Tiger play. I think he's the best of all time. And, and you know, I think me, along with a lot of the rest of the people in the world, were hopeful that one day he'd get to play again. Yeah, I didn't think it would be quite this early, though, right? Um, talk a little bit about – we were talking off air a little bit, but talk a little bit about um, – obviously, we've talked about the golf course. We'll talk a little bit more about the golf course. But one of the things that everybody says – I haven't been there. I was – there was an outside chance that we were – I was going to get to caddy for um, for Gerline Gr- Core at the at the Anwall this year, but she ended up playing at the at the, uh, the Chevron. But talk a little bit about um, how hilly that golf course is, and one of the some of the challenges that Tiger might you know face from a from a just the conditioning and just walking the golf course standpoint. Uh, I think the thing that shocked me the most the first time I got out uh, behind the clubhouse. Uh, because when you pull up to Augusta and you go down Magnolia Lane, you can't see any of the golf course. You just see the clubhouse. When I got on the other side of the clubhouse, I could not believe how up and down hills that golf course really is, starting at the first hole. And, uh, you know, whenever I heard Tiger was going to play this week, I I couldn't really believe that this was going to be his first week because of that. You know, I've as you know, I've suffered with joint replacement and everything else and un, uneven lies, uh, uphill, downhill, side hill lies cause pain and you feel that. And I'm sure Tiger's going to have to deal with some pain. I mean, I think, uh, uh, I don't know that you could ever go back to being perfect after you've been something like that. No, it was interesting to hear him in his interview talk about somebody asked him what what his doctors have said about if this is as good as it's going to get. And he said from a range of motion standpoint, like this was about it. He was he was where he was going to be, you know, from from a movement standpoint. But but really, the the improvement could be from strength and from being out here out there more and playing more. Uh, the other thing we were joking about, I. I played in a tournament a couple of weeks ago and played three straight rounds for the first time in a long time. And I was, I was so sore and so tired afterwards. And my, my wife, she's a physical therapist and she was laughing at me talking about how out of shape I was, but you know, a lot of people forget how grueling walking and, and especially in tournament conditions, having to, you know, be locked in over every shot, but then let alone at that place, you know, and, and I think, I think one thing that that needs to be said. I think he got a got a fortunate break. This might have been on purpose by by Augusta, but he got a fortunate fortunate break playing early on Thursday and late on Friday to give him some time to recover. Because he talked about you know, his recovery process could take you know even getting warmed up before the round and 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 cooling down after the round is an extra hour or so you know on each side that he did never have to do before. Well, I think Tiger's going to have a lot of issues that he's never dealt with before. But, uh, you know, to Tiger's credit, he's ahead of the curve when it comes to all that. You know, his, uh, 
his tenacity, his work ethic, uh, his, uh, he seems to rise to the occasion. He seems to be aware of what he's going to be dealing with and always seems to be prepared. Uh, it's one of the things I really admire about Tiger. You know, he's, uh, he's not blindsided much. And I'm certain that this was well thought out uh, for him to be at Augusta. Uh, and for this to be where he's going to play again. You know, one thing that I will add to this, he's running out of time. You know, he couldn't wait forever. You know, he still wants to win. I know he wants to win. And I know he'd love to add to the majors. And um, that's probably the biggest reason why he's there is because uh, he wants to try to win another major. Yeah, I know that he's – He's always been wired to only play if he thought he could win. A part of me, you know, being a dad, a part of me is hoping that he's kind of playing a little bit more for, or not more, but just from a nostalgia standpoint to let Charlie go and see see everything and just it, just because it's Augusta. Now, after watching him hit it and, and hearing, you know, Freddie and Justin Thomas talk about how good he's hitting it, I think he's, from a golf swing standpoint, from a playing standpoint, he's probably right there to compete. But from a physical standpoint, who knows? But I, I know he's not wired this way, but there's a part of me that wishes he was he was going to, you know, just to be there and get back into playing some golf, you know. But I know I know everybody everybody that knows Tiger says that that's not how he's wired. He's only, he's only showing up because he thinks he's got a chance to win. I think most people are wired uh... – less on the nostalgia side, you know, I mean, Tiger Woods is Tiger Woods, you know, and no matter who's played out there, myself included, you know, I don't like playing that doesn't feel like it represents who I am. You know that from being with yeah. me in here, you know, I don't, and I don't think Tiger will ever be that sort of guy. You know, I think Arnold Palmer was different than everybody else. He played every day. And I don't think he really cared what he shot. I mean, I don't know that, but you know, I, I care over every shot and I wish I didn't, but uh, I know Tiger cares over every shot. So if, if he pulls off the miracle and, you know, contends this week, say I heard, I heard on ESPN, they were talking about what would happen if he won. Would, would this be the greatest comeback of all time? In my mind? Yeah. As far as golf is concerned, I'd say it'd have to be. Yeah. But how would you compare it? What do you remember about Mr. Hogan? And, and his the wreck and all that stuff. I don't remember a whole lot about it, uh, um, but I mean everybody talks about how he won after that, won majors after that. So uh, he was younger, though, if I recall history correctly, he was younger when he had that wreck than Tiger is now. And similar though, they said he'd never walk again, which he did walk again and then won. So. Who knows? I'll be, you know, I heard on ESPN this morning, they were talking about watching him in the practice round. He played nine holes today, I think, and they were saying he was limping up and down the hills, you know, and that's kind of what you you had alluded to. I'm going to be really interested to see how, how soon he plays after this, you know, if this is a, a one-off event for a while or if he's going to start sneaking out and playing every, you know, once every three weeks or so. I think it'll be, obviously, it's so great to have him back in the game. I mean, have him back out there. The I bet you know. I, I bet uh, you know. Masters telecast is always you know super highly highly watched. But I bet the uh, I bet the numbers are going to be really high in the morning tomorrow. Probably so. You know, to your first you know 
wondering when he plays again. I just hope he does play again. I hope nothing happens here that that uh, kills his spirit for playing. And, you know, uh, I, I dealt with pain for a long time trying to play golf. And I can yeah. tell you right now, it changes your golf swing. It, it You know, we – we steer away from pain if we keep from it. It takes a really uh, committed person to do what you're trying to do through the pain. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talk about commitment on here all the time. Uh, when you add the, the, the other component of, okay, pain is coming, stay committed to that. And uh, that's tough to do. Yeah, especially if your good swings create the pain. That's, yes. that's, that's when it's really difficult. Um, let's talk a little bit about your prep, a little bit about the, the, the master's week. Um, but how did you, you've said on here, you didn't have as much success at, at, at Augusta as you wish you would have. Um, how did you prepare for Augusta? Did you, did you prepare any differently for this event than you would have any, any other event? Well, I did. I tried every way I could, you know, I went in there early, uh, trying to play by myself and just see if I could learn more about the golf course. You know, I just, it just didn't fit my eye. I could never stand up there and make it fit my eye. And, you know, first hole never really bothered me that much, but the second hole right off the bat, you know, you need to turn that ball around that corner a little bit. And, uh, you know, you hit the little fade out there. It's going to land short of the hill. And it's going to be running to the right. It's never going to get on the down slope. And if it does, it barely gets on the down slope, which leaves you a really long second shot on the down slope. Instead of hitting a draw that gets going and gets going down the slope, you end up with a, you know, um, at that time, we could have ended up with a mid iron into the green, you know. But uh, Hal Sutton very seldomly had a mid iron into that green because I couldn't really turn it. And the ones that I did try to turn it around there, somehow I'd get off into the left rough and then it would run down there on the pasture and get in the creek. Yeah. And, you know, it just, it just didn't fit. People talk about, uh, you know, Augusta favoring draws, favoring a guy that, that turns it over off the tee. Um, do you agree with that? Definitely agree with that. It favors left-handers too, you know, that fade the ball. Yeah. So, holes like two and 10 and 13. Um, do you have to work it on any other holes besides those three? At least, right, at least right to oh yeah nine yeah yeah nine nine's yeah. right to left too yeah um go ahead the fairway opened up a lot on the left side of number 11 too so you know that was an awkward tee shot for a fader because the 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 rough the tree line kind of angled in towards the fairway a little bit there so if you fade it i mean the tee was pointed down the right side of the fairway and I, you know, this is a lot of years ago, so it's been uh, twenty years since I played Augusta, and, yeah. and I haven't been back. But uh, eleven was always it, it seemed to work better if you could draw it off that tee, and so if you could draw it on fifteen, you could get it down there a lot further too. So here's kind of a kind of a loaded question, but did you did you look forward to Augusta week? Uh, I can't say I ever look forward to Augusta. Really? No, I, I look forward to it as an, when I was an amateur, because I just never dreamed that I was ever yeah. going to be there. Right. And, and, you know, I made the cut uh, the first time I went and, 
didn't didn't play all that well. I didn't play well at all on the weekend. But uh, you know, after I played there a couple of times, you know, it, it proved that I didn't have what it took to conquer that golf course. So, and it, that's so interesting because you know, there's been not just long hitters win there, right? Zach Johnson won. I mean, really good wedge players, but you were you were always a good distance wedge player. I mean, if you could go back and 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 rewrite your um, your approach to to Augusta, would you? Would there be anything you try and do differently? Well, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought about it a lot. You know, one of the things that you don't do as you age, Chase, you'll understand this, is you don't go back over those things that were really uh, nightmarish for you, and you know, you you don't try to figure it out because you don't have to go back there anymore. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, I mean, you, you, know, you had you had some success there. It wasn't like you missed the cut there every year. I just, I to me, it's from from the outside looking in. It's like the, the that's hollowed ground. It's it's heaven for for golf, and it's uh, you know. But I have heard from you know, obviously, you and a bunch of guys on here how um, how on the edge it is, and how it can it can if you're not completely on your game, it can definitely definitely wreak havoc. Well. <clears throat> You know, very few times on the tour did we play a golf course that was as hilly as that golf course was. And, you know, so you got radical stances, lies. Uh, you know, the bunkers were strategically placed for the distance that I hit it. You know, there were a lot of guys whenever I was playing that could carry the bunker on number eight, you know, and I couldn't carry the bunker on number eight. And, um, it was about a 285 carry from when I played it, and I just couldn't carry it that far. And so I was always trying to hit it as hard as I could hit it, which brought the left rough into play. And even if you kept it on the left side of the fairway, the green was so tucked in behind the trees that I couldn't, even if I could get the second shot there, I couldn't. It, it took a funny hook, a late hook, in other words. Right. And, uh, just awkward. I, I, I hope I'm able to kind of lay this out for people that are listening out there. The golf course is just a little bit awkward. And, um, you know, you've, you've talked a lot about the, the second shot on 13, how that ball's so far above your stance, but it, it doesn't want to seem to turn over quite like, quite like it, you know, quite like you'd expect it to. Well, so, you know, 13 is obviously one of those things I can't, I've told you before, I hit a lot of shots right on the line that I was looking at and it hit on the right side or, or in the Creek, you know, just expecting it to draw and it won't draw. And then I, you know, the, maybe the same week I'd hit the same shot again and say, okay, I'm not going to play it this time and end up in the left bunker, the left is, you know, and then and I'll tell you another awkward shot there and you'll see it a lot this week It's the second shot on number 11. Anytime that pin gets on the left side of that green, I can tell you most people hit it way over to the right over there. And it's because it seemed like if you get it moving any to the left, <laughs> it, it could go in the water. Yeah. And even if you hit a good shot. Are those the fastest greens you guys play on? Uh, if not the fastest, certainly right there. You know, they, they're tipping the scales. And is it because they're so hilly? Well, the undulations are so 
difficult. You get it in the wrong place there. Uh, there are some flat lies, flat greens there that, you know, it seems kind of normal when you put, but, uh, you know, starting right out of the gate, the first green one of the fastest greens on the golf course. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you've seen it, you know, some of the guys are really struggle putting on the first green. With, with really, really fast greens like that. Did you, did you make any adjustments with equipment? Did we, I think we talked about this in a, in a podcast a long time ago, but did you make any any equipment adjustments? Did you try to hit off the toe? What did you, you know, you, uh, you get above the hole in one? What did you do? Yeah. Occasionally, I'd try to hit it off the toe if I thought that would help. Uh, really nothing you can do. Just calm your nerves and uh, try not to think ahead. Try to stay in the present. You know, that's, you know, you, you asked me earlier if I had trouble sleeping at night. I didn't really have trouble sleeping at night, but, uh, you know, every now and then my mind would drift to where the next putt could end up. <laughs> and as a golfer, you know, when you've got a really difficult putt and it's downhill, you know, uh, and you've chosen a line, then you're going to stay committed to that line. You got to be willing to accept the consequences if it fails. And at Augusta, those consequences can be pretty severe. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I've seen people put them off the green. I've seen, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever seen anybody put it in the water on 15, but trust me, that could happen. Yeah. And, Was it Tiger? Tiger on 13 put it in the water like three or four Masters ago, three or four of the Masters he played in a go. Uh, yeah, I, I could see it happening a lot more at 15 than I could see it happening at 13. Yeah. Uh, 13, you know, most of that right side of that green and the front of the green is fairly flat. You know, the only way you can misfigure that is if you're coming from way back behind the, the pin for some reason and you just, you know, miss the speed by a bunch. 15, you don't have to miss the speed by a bunch. Yeah. And if that pin's in the wrong place, you you could put it off there. I've seen I've chipped it into the water from behind the green. So yeah. and lots of people have done that. Sure. Uh, when you played it played it as an amateur, did you get a get a um, a caddy from Augusta? I did. Do you think yeah. that's do you you know for guys that have only played it once or twice or maybe even you know first timers? Do you recommend? Do you think that's that's smart of them to do? Is that something you'd recommend? Uh, it's, it didn't hurt anything. Looking back on it, I think it was probably a positive that I had somebody that was there um, that knew the greens more. Uh, I'll tell you, that can be a pretty lonely place around there, even though there's a lot of people around. And, uh, you know, so having a caddy that, you know, is your friend and, and cares, you know, you know, some of the loneliest times I've ever had in my life is when there were a lot of people around, but I was felt like an alien <laughs> and, you know, playing bad uh, can cause you to feel that way. You're shaking your head. Cause you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I mean, golf is a lonely sport, you know, and, you know, I always admired Trevino and fuzzy Zeller and people like that because they, they were able to make it a, a social game. I, I, I couldn't think, and make it a social game. I had to be more of a concentrated, it had to be more of a concentra concentrated effort for me. And that meant less socializing. 
I tell parents that come in here when they're griping about little Johnny not playing really well in a tournament or whatever, and I'm like, man, if you've never felt it, the worst feeling in the world is being on hold 10, 11, 12 and being 10 over, 8 over, way worse than your nor your normal score is, and you've got five or six, seven more holes to play, and you're like, what, what am I doing out here? This is like you said, you felt like an alien. You almost have to smack yourself and remind re remind yourself that you're here and you're you you still got some holes to play because it is it is hell. It is the in my opinion the one of the worst feelings in the world. So something that needs to be said at this point for all of the people out there listening, when you make a mistake in your field, whatever that is, how many people actually know it? Yeah, I used to tell my dad this all the time. You know, he would he would talk to me about my mistakes out there, you know, and, and I'd say, so dad, I said, you know, and when you make a mistake in the oil business, maybe uh, whoever your banker, your secretary, your lawyer, they may know about it, but there may be five or six people that know about it. You know, when you play at Augusta and you make a mistake, thousands of people know about it, maybe hundreds of thousands of people. And in Tiger Woods case, millions of people know about it and you know there's a little pressure that goes along with that for sure for sure um yeah talk about staying in the moment making your world small you know like that's that's what tiger is the best at but it i mean especially this week it's uh it's a lot easier said than done um how, how did your tournament prep look the week of augusta did you was your schedule any different because of the par three? Did you ever skip the par three or do they require you to play in the par three? Like what is, what does all that look like? I, I never, ever remember anybody telling me I had to play in the par three. You know, I don't, I don't recall that. Uh, I don't recall ever skipping the par three. Uh, par three was kind of fun, actually, you know, the ball spun a lot and, uh, you know, you were hitting the ball behind the hole, trying to spin it back into the hole. And, uh, you know, there was 35 that or whatever the number of people. And it's all in this little bitty area. So, you know, I made a hole in one one time on the seventh hole there. I'll never forget it. Ball spun back about 30 feet. I was later in the day. And you could tell the crowd knew exactly six or seven feet from the hole that the ball was going to have a chance because they'd seen so many break and you know i remember making it and i re it was just the loudest shrill i have ever heard in my life you know hair stood up on your back it was so loud so did you um did you alter your uh the, the amount of practice rounds you played because of the par three or did it really affect no no usually a lot of times i maybe only played nine holes on Wednesday morning. Uh, by that time, you know, I, the masters and all the majors were the only ones that you played more than one practice round on really, you know, because you had the practice round and then the pro-am. Mm. And then if you'd played on the tour for quite a while, a lot of times your practice round was the pro-am round and because you already knew the golf course. So, mm. you know, you played a lot of practice rounds, at Augusta, you know, you play Monday, Tuesday, sometimes you fly in there on Sunday, play Sunday too. So there was a lot of golf before the tournament ever opened up, started. Yeah. Easy, especially your first couple of times out there, easy to wear yourself out before the tournament starts. Uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, Augusta is the only course that uh, hosts the same major every year. Um, is that, 
think that's a good thing for golf. Do you think that, you know, we should have more majors at the same courses or do you think it's just unique to, to what Augusta brings to the table? Well, it's unique. Uh, it's one, though, that everybody embraces because even the fans feel like they know Augusta, even though they don't know it very well. But they really do feel like they know it. That's one reason why I think TPC is – I mean, I can't believe they've never, ever designated it as a major because, I mean, it's kind of beginning to have that same feel. Everybody knows what the golf course is going to lay out there for everybody. And For sure. You know, for sure in the last three, you know, 16, 17, 18 – yeah. And, you know, Augusta's probably the most promoted golf tournament in the world. I mean, you know, they promote it. Uh, what does uh, Jim Nance say? Uh, a sporting event like no other or whatever he says. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it is. It's just that. And CBS treats it that way. And, and uh, you know, they start promoting that tournament months out. And, you know, and the other part of that that's kind of fun, it gets everybody's juices flowing, is it's the beginning of golf season. You know, everybody sitting at home is thinking, man, Master says, I'm fixing to start to play a lot of golf from this point forward. Yeah, and- that, that's, that's a good point. It's We've had multiple days above 70 here in Houston. It's starting to warm up a little bit and the ground's starting to firm up a little bit. And you're, you're exactly right. It's starting to, it feels like, late getting into late spring early summer yeah drive driving to work you know you see all the the uh, azaleas in blue yeah and i'm thinking man i bet augusta looks beautiful right now with that that was probably the best part about augusta just how beautiful it is i mean there's no place that i've ever played that actually had the beauty and and you know it's hidden like I said, you can't see it from the front side of the clubhouse. And when you walk around to the other side and you see the beautiful pine trees, the pine straw and the azaleas and beautiful green grass. Uh, I don't believe anybody, you know, that might be what golf in heaven looks like. That's, that's what I keep, I keep hoping. And then, uh, and then I, I keep quizzing you on your, your success there. And you're like, well, I, you know, I didn't play that well. I don't really, didn't really care for Augusta and it hurts my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? There's a difference, though. I always was trying to make a name for myself at Augusta, you know, and I was trying to create an identity out of it. You know, if if I get to heaven and that's the way the golf course looks, I ain't got anything else to prove and I'm not competing. I'm just going to play. You're not going to ask God to, to send you back somewhere else since it, since it happened to be Augusta? <laughs> no, and I, I tell you what, I, I'm hoping we're not going to keep score anymore. You know, I, I think that's kind of – you know, we do that sort of thing on earth. We keep score, whether it's with money or, or your card or whatever else here. You know, sure. I think once you get to heaven, there's no more keeping score. Um, was it, is it always the, the, the best manicured golf course? I mean, is it, it, it looks perfect on, on television. Is it, is it better manicured than all the other great golf courses you guys play? Well, uh, different because it's solid ryegrass, you know? So, uh, you know, TPC was always in perfect shape. The tour had that. I'll tell you, one that was equally as good all the time was Muirfield Village. Yeah, yeah it was always perfect shape. And uh, Jack just wouldn't have it any other way. So let's go um, a little bit deeper into tournament prep. Um, I played in the tournament the last couple of days and, and um, you know, would love, 
love your take on, you know, how you prepared for golf course, especially, you know, especially ones like say it was at a new course. Uh, one of the tournaments had a, had a new course this year and you flew in late Monday night or, or even Tuesday and only got to play, play one practice round. How did you, you know, how did you handle it? How did, well, let's ask this. how did you handle it at Augusta? Did you always try to putt to where you thought the whole, you know, they're normally the same four pins pretty much every year on each, each hole. Did you always put the, put to those locations? How did you, how did you prepare for, you know, where you thought the pins were going to be? You know, most practice rounds, I've never putted at the hole. I'd, I'd hit a few putts around the hole just to make a couple, but most of the practice rounds, I putted at different places on the green where I thought the, the hole was going to be. You know, I, I didn't want to shoot a low score in a practice round because – why? I mean, why not? <laughs> they're hard to – I mean, I didn't like shooting low scores. and I was really happy. Early on in my career, they'd have a low pro in the pro-am. really wasn't for a whole lot of money, but, you know, we weren't playing for a whole lot of money either. And, uh, you know, and because we were keeping score, you know, there was pride. So if you made four or five birdies early, you know, say, okay, let's see how low I can go today. Well, that made it difficult to go low in the tournament. Before too long, you know, the tour quit going with low pro. They started just having team. And I was really happy about that because that meant we didn't have to putt out. If we weren't in the hole, you know, uh, we didn't have to putt out. So we weren't keeping score after that. I think it's really hard in practice rounds to be playing for a score, shoot really good or shoot really bad. Either way, it can affect you. And uh, so I just kind of strolled along in the practice rounds. Yeah, so many times we'll get parents of kids come in and say, little Johnny, man, he, you know, he played great in the practice round, shot 71 and then shot 84 in the tournament. He's just a, he's just a head case. You know, he's just, he's just, there's something mentally wrong with him. And you know, it's, always, it's always like, well, one quick keep and score. Well, why? Well, because to your point, you go, you go shoot three or four under in the practice round and then you bogey the first three holes in the tournament. Like you're, you can't, it's so hard to stay present there. Your mind's going to go back to, oh my gosh, well, I'm already six shots worse than I was the day before. It's, it's so hard to play committed golf that way. Well, you know, you mentioned a minute ago, if I'd never played the golf course before, you know, when you've never played a golf course before, you're, you kind of have a cautious outlook. Uh, I never went there, you know, golf courses that fit my eye that I saw, you know, I might go there thinking I've got a chance to win. Like Riviera fit my eye really well. So, I always went to Riviera thinking, you know, I might, if things fit this week, I could be contending. And I did several times, only one there once, but I've contended quite a few times. And, you know, felt the same way about TPC, but we're talking Augusta. I've never felt that way at Augusta. Yeah. And, you know, so my point being is when you go to a new golf course, you're cautiously looking at this. And as you play, the more holes that fit your eye, the more you begin to get a little bit more confident. Like my game, I don't have to change my game here to perform well here. And, you know, I always hated seeing a golf course where I felt like I needed to become somebody new in order to play well there. Because it's really tough once you've made it out there to reinvent yourself. And, uh, you know, we see it in here all the time, you know, reinventing somebody, if they're not real young, 
I don't think there is such a thing as reinventing somebody. It, it, especially if their original somebody was pretty good, you know, yeah. if they come in and they're older and they, you know, struggling and never, never been all that great, then it's, it's a little easier to make some changes. But if the, if the previous self had some ability, that's, that's, uh, that, may, that does make it, uh, make it a little bit difficult. Um, so name some, if uh, kind of off the top of your head or, or situations where it didn't fit your eye. Um, and I know you mentioned Augusta some, but were there other courses, British Open courses, or I guess what I'm wanting to get at is how, how do you uh, mentally prepare yourself um, to play your best when the course doesn't really set up that well for you? Uh, well, if the course doesn't set up well for you there, you've got a little history there. So the first thing you got to do is block the history if you can. And, uh, you know, if the course didn't fit me real well, I didn't uh, push it too much. You know, I played a little bit more conservative and uh, didn't really. So, so how, what were your goals for that week? Like, Say, say Augusta again, because we've been talking about it and you're, you're, you're going into it, not, you know, not Riviera, not uh, TPC Sawgrass, um, not Mirfield, not some of the places you had success with or at, did you set goals? Did you have a goal like, you know, goals top 10? Did you even think that far ahead? How did you? I, I, I didn't think that far ahead there. Uh, you know, I, I, I tried to accept what I could do with a driver and, you know, which if you fade it there, you were working against some of the holes. So the ball didn't roll out near as far. So I'll give you a, for instance, number nine, number nine was a really hard hole for me because if I could really turn it over, I could get it a lot further down the hill, which made it an easier second shot into the green. The further up on the hill you are, the more downhill your lie is to an uphill green. To a, to a green that's sitting there not really wanting to accept this shot. Yeah. And, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I found myself just trying to make sure that I – accepted where I was and I didn't try to do too much on the second shot. You know, you'd get to the second shot a lot of times and you thought, well, if I could have just turned that over a little bit, I had 20 yards further down the hill and I wouldn't have had this downhill hanging lie that I've got right now. Well, when you think that way, well, you're trying to make up the difference on that second shot yep. rather than forget about that. This is what you've got. Yep. And you know, <laughs> I need that kind of human nature. We're always wanting what we don't have, you know? Well, and especially at a place like that, where you bite off just a little bit more than you can chew, you take on a front pin on nine and it comes up, especially from a down slope from a little farther back than you want. You're hitting eight iron or seven iron into that hole and it, you come up a yard short, you may have 50 yard, a 50 yard pitch shot and half the same scenario. Now you got to hit it past the hole. Now you got a 10 footer straight downhill for, for, for bar bogey. You might have a hundred yard shot coming back. Yeah. Come, come all the way back. <laughs> That's how up and downhill that is. You know, the thing that kept popping into my head when you were talking about that is how much patience you need at places that you aren't super comfortable with. Um, how much patience and how much commitment you need. Um, 
but we talk about that for for everything for every place or every shot we have how much patience how much commitment you need do you think if you compare the places you were uncomfortable at to the places that you you kind of had more of a green light um to me it seems like the goal is still the same you've got to stay you you've got to stay patient you've got to have a plan you've got to be committed i mean would you you know obviously the game plan changed a little bit but from a mental standpoint it really doesn't does it no it really doesn't uh you know while you were asking that question one of the things that popped into my head is the big scoreboards that are at augusta they're not the uh electronic scoreboards that travel around with the tour they're big white scoreboards and one of the things that popped into my head is, is you're well aware of what's going on on the golf course because the crowds are so big and there's the, the, the birdies and the eagles, you hear about them all over the golf course. From the crowd, you don't know who made it, but the crowd tells you somebody important made that. And it's hard to stay patient because the boards are all over the place. And you know, you get a little bit behind the eight ball and you're trying to make up some ground or whatever else. Uh, it's hard to stay patient at Augusta. And if you don't stay patient at Augusta, it'll eat your lunch sometimes. And, you know, you try to steal from Augusta. And, <laughs> uh, it'll steal from you. <laughs> yeah. I just keep thinking of how, how on the edge, a lot of those approach shots are. You mentioned 11 back left on 11. If you, if you miss it right of the bunker, you blow it out right. You've got a really tough pitch shot, and then you happen to turn that thing over. As Mr. Hogan said, if if he ever hit it left of the center of the green, there, he you know he missed that shot. But if you take on a little bit there and it rolls off, or thirteen or fifteen, or there's just so many so many little shots on the edge. One of the things I didn't ask before was, did you change your your wedge equipment at all to to handle the the tight lies there? No, I never did. Um, did other guys you know of did they did they change did they go to less less bounce or do anything different there I don't I don't really recall a lot of that but I you know I was so into what I was trying to do I I wasn't paying attention to what everybody else was doing and I mean there's a lot more options now back then I mean half the half the tour was playing the same ping ping wedge right yeah a lot of of the i2s a lot of the a lot of the i2s out there um, but I had my back. Did um, I kind of asked you this before? But did you were you a believer of and for all the majors? Did you like to play the week before? I like to play if I was playing well the week before. So you know, I wanted to carry it into the next event. You know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was how tired you get when you played a lot. You know, and or haven't played a lot. And, or, and then play three or four rounds in a row, you know. That's what I based on whether I was going to play or not play was how I was physically feeling. It is grueling to play a lot of golf, you know. And, and a tour player doesn't pay a lot of attention to that because they've been playing a lot of golf. You know, they actually somehow it seemed like I did better if I kept playing because my body would want to tighten up a little bit. And if I kept playing and working, you know, walking and everything else, swinging a lot, I was, my swing felt like it was, you know, it knew where to go. 
And, you know, if I took off for a week, all of a sudden I didn't know where I was, you know, what I needed to do. So, uh, you know, whether I played the week before or not, usually was determined if I wasn't playing very well, I'd take off and go to work on something, trying to get something, find something. And, uh, but if I was playing decent, you know, uh, usually it was Houston the week before Augusta. And I liked the golf course down here. So, yeah, for the longest time, it was, it was touted as kind of an Augusta junior as far as how good a shape it was in. And they, it was really good prep for, for the week before, you know, the week before Augusta. And a lot of that, that field had gotten bigger and better when it was Golf Club of Houston. But with you, was it at TPC? Yeah. Well, towards the end of my career, it was at Golf Club of Houston, but it was at TPC before. Uh, and that's one I like. So that's why I like playing there. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, so going to be an exciting week. Tiger, obviously, coming back is awesome. And then the fact that it's Augusta, put you on the spot. Let's let's pick winners. Who uh, who do you think's got the uh, who 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 you pulling for or not pulling for? But who do you think's gonna gonna win this week? Well, that's a good question. You know, it was easier to do a long time ago because there wasn't but a few people that you really <laughs> thought had a chance. Now yeah. there's, you know, 25 or 30 guys that could easily win the golf tournament. So, you know, what I hope is that there's three or four guys with a chance to win going into 13 on Sunday afternoon. And I hope, I think it would be world-class if Tiger was one of those guys. I think the world would be on fire if he happened to be one of those three or four guys. And, uh, you know, Augusta's fun to watch. It's not as fun to play, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hurts my heart. It hurts my heart to hear you say that. <laughs> but anyway, you know, there's a lot of history there for me. And, you know, now Fred Ridley is the, head of the masters, you know, and Fred and I go back a long ways. He was, he was my agent the first two or three years that I was out on the tour and uh, he's a lawyer out of Tampa, a really good player in his own right, and a great guy. And so I love seeing, uh, seeing him and his position, you know, it, it's really funny. I should say this about Fred, you know, he, uh, U.S. Amateur champion, you know, beat Andy Bean and chose to go a different route with his law degree. And uh, uh, a lot of people thought he made a real big mistake by doing that. I don't think he made a big mistake by doing that. No, think, yeah, he's doing okay. He did all I right. I think he's doing all right. All right. I, I'll, I'll go first. got to pick winners. Uh, I'm going to pick – I'm going to pick DJ. DJ is always a, always a, a favorite of mine. Um, it was between him and Rom. I'm going to pick DJ. He played well at the, at the match play and uh, has had success at, at Augusta. So I'm, I'm picking Dustin and I would love to see Tiger. I guess with Tiger, I just want to see him. I want to see him play well and not look hurt. I don't want to see him limping around. Right. And, and I, it'll be fascinating to see, but man, if, if he's got a shot to to contend or a top ten or 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 making a run on Sunday, the world is going to stand still and watch. It's going to be crazy. So I'm going to say that if if he looks hurt and he's contending, 
it's even more powerful. No, for sure. I'm just saying, like on Thursday or Friday, if he's kind of limping down there and doesn't doesn't well, look that healthy, he's already won a U.S. Open limping around, so so uh, he knows how to do that. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know who I want to pick. You know, I would say uh, I keep saying that Rory's got to come through one day. He's got to break through. With the shot that he hits, this golf course ought to fit him perfect. Yep. I, I, I can tell you, he likes it from an eye standpoint. Oh, yeah. Because it fits his game. Yep. And well, I, you, you, know, you can't be you can't be leading on the back nine of 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 Sunday at Augusta multiple times and not not like the golf course. He just hadn't hadn't closed it out yet. He just hasn't closed it out yet. It's not. He's in the last group tomorrow, and. That may be okay tomorrow because it's been raining there quite a bit. You know, sometimes the last group is a disadvantage because, especially early on in the week, because the golf course is much harder late in the day like that. So, uh, but may be okay now. The Rory, you can go with Rory. I'm gonna go with Rory. Go yeah, with just heart. because I, I want. He's a good guy. I want to see him win there. Hey, I'm all for that. Go with your heart. All right, that's there. You have it, folks. Rory and DJ are our picks. Um, don't bet the house on it. Uh, there's <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Proceed with caution, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, enjoy Tiger. Enjoy the Masters as always. Thanks again for for joining in. Hal, take us home. Uh, I'm excited to watch the Masters. You know, I I'll say this right now before anything else. I like the Masters more now that I don't play anymore <laughs> than, than when I was playing there. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll be excited on my couch watching the Masters this week, pulling for Tiger. I, I think this is an incredible thing for him to be able to come back this week and play. Uh, I'd love to be Charlie. I'd love to be able to watch him from a son's perspective. He's got to be so proud of his dad. So uh, anyway, have fun, everybody, watching the Masters. Thanks. See you next week. Be the right club today. Yes!